Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? What's happening? What up? Y'all good? Andy, you good? I'm good. All hey, right. let, let's do that Spearsburg thing. Right okay, now. yeah, at the top. Yeah, since we always forget to do it. Yeah. By, by the way, if you're listening to this, uh, this is, uh, this, you're hearing us on Wednesday, if you're hearing it uh, the day of the release, and we'll be in uh, Virginia Beach at the Funny Bone. Uh, this weekend. So if you're in that area, please come check us out. Otherwise, you can also check out a lot about us on our uh, our social media pages, which is Spearsburg Pod on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, Patreon, on Twitter, Patreon. Yeah. yeah. So you can check us all out there. We we got to get that shit in. We're we're, we're not good at uh, at taking care of our uh, our our health. Our how do you our like our health our uh, like podcast health. We're not oh. telling people enough to come support us. We're not telling oh, them to come out. Okay. What do you think? Your health? Your personal health? Yeah, nigga. Dude, look at look at us in this video. We're not taking oh, care of our I health either. You talking about, nigga. This is sexy. Dude, I, I, I'm pulling down my shirt. I'm trying to fix my titties. I'm fi- I, <laughs> okay. I hate video, man. Um, dude, on a plane ride over. Uh, well, actually, on a, I won't say when, but on a plane ride over, I watched this movie, uh, Crazy Sick Love. You familiar with it? Yeah. It's with uh, Kevin Bacon, Emma Stone, uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, Steve Carell, Julianne Moore, and Marissa Tomei. Um, And just to give you all a quick uh, overview, uh, Steve Carell and Julianne Moore are married, and she tells him during dinner she wants a divorce. And then on the drive home from dinner, (laughs) she starts telling him how she slept with her coworker, played by Kevin Bacon. And he says to her, look, just please stop talking. I'm going to jump out of this car. So she keeps on, and he basically jumps out of a moving car. And he moves out of the house. Of course, the wife gets the house because the man always has to move. He gets a shitty little apartment. Um, And at some point, uh, his son's teacher who's played by Marissa Tomei. Steve Carell sleeps with her before he knows that that's his son's teacher. 
cut to it's parent teacher conference day and Steve Carell and uh, Julianne Moore are sitting outside the teacher's uh, classroom waiting to go in to talk to the teacher. And they have like this heartfelt moment where Steve starts apologizing for being a bad husband and he should have been more attentive and do all these things. I swear to God, my next special is going to be called 100% heterosexual alpha male. The balls that are being clipped from men are unfucking believable. Ladies, with all due respect, I love you. Big shout out, Shamor, Farah, AB, DeAndrea, if I'm saying your name wrong, DeAndrea Johnson, CC, because she actually emailed me and went, Will you yeah, yeah. admit that I'm part yeah, of the club? Yeah, I've been yeah. with y'all for. So to all my bitches, um, I love y'all. But this Jedi mind trick bullshit that women do is unfucking real. So let me get this straight. Oh, and before I say this, let me say this. So cut to, they go to talk to the teacher and Marissa Tomei is livid because Steve Carell was supposed to, she said, you know, call me. He didn't call her. He fucked her. He kind of played her off. And he, she's livid to find out that, you know, he was once married. And then Julianne Moore gets pissed off because when Marissa Tomei basically rats him out to her that she slept with him, Julianne Moore gets an attitude. So let me get this straight. This man is apologizing for you sucking another nigga's dick and asking for a divorce. And you upset because since you want a divorce, he's moving on with his life. So he's wrong for moving on, even though you've clearly let him know you don't want him. And then he should be sorry for you sucking another nigga's cock and want a divorce. What? What? Like, and, 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 and women will look at that in the theater and look at that movie and think that's right. What justification is this? Emotional. She still had feelings for him. You're missing the point. I know I got the point. Okay. I'm just saying you asked. I'm apologizing for you sucking somebody else's dick. I'm apologizing for you throwing me away. Our marriage. I'm apologizing for me moving on. Get the fuck out of here. The balls are in the popcorn, nigga. I'm going to be generalizing here on this. But I think a lot of women would look at that and go, well, you know, the only reason she sucked the other dude's dick is because he wasn't attentive. And if he would have been, that would have never happened. But look, she still has feelings for him. That shows how much feelings she had for him, and that's why it was his fault. Listen, I've said on this podcast before, women cheat for one of two reasons. One, out of revenge, because you did it to them. Or two, because you're not giving them what they want, and they're trying to communicate that to you, and you have a very I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude. Um... I take that back. Even if you he not giving you what you want, you can't go sucking other cocks. And then she certainly shouldn't be apologetic for some shit you did. Well, it would be nice if you weren't getting what you wanted. You would say, "Hey, because we're very uh, we're very cut and dry. We're very simple creatures, men. I think we're very simple. You know, if you said to us, "Hey," Uh, I'm not getting what I want, and if, you, if that's fine, if you don't want to give it to me, then let's maybe look at changing our our, our setup. Yeah, th- if, before you suck that cock, let, let's agree to that be together. Yeah, don't go suck the cock while we're together, and you use that as a means to go. Well, I tried to tell you, but now on the other side, 
women are going to go, well, dudes cheat on all. Uh, oh, and Shannon, big shout out to Shannon. Dudes cheat on women all the time, and they think that's okay. Yeah, I just had a problem with the fact that they, you know, <laughs> it's we, the- we always have to look like these bumbling, pathetic idiots. Like, get the fuck out of here. That's why I love Ryan, uh, uh, Ryan Gosling's character, because Ryan played the, the playboy, womanizing, I'm sexy as fuck, let me teach you how to get your balls back guy. And, and this is where I got to go to. Women, this double standard. I just wish you guys would acknowledge that it, it exists. The scene where Emma Stone, who Ryan Gosling hits on in the beginning, but she doesn't want him because she's caught up into some dude that she works with until he shits on her, and then it makes her want Ryan Gosling. She goes back to the bar or the restaurant that they originally met, and he's talking to some girl, and she yells from across the room, You! And when he turns, she runs to him and just kisses him. Flip that. Let some dude come into a bar and see some bitch from afar and go, you, and run and get a kiss with no permission. His balls are nailed to the wall. You creepy pervert. You fucking, you, you Weinstein motherfucker. Like, why? women can just do whatever they fuck they want to do, and it gets accepted because they're women. Ladies, just admit the double standard exists. I don't mind it, because if you run into a, a, a room and you go, you, and you fine enough, you come kiss me without permission. You do a lot of things without my permission. But please admit that the double standard exists. Well, and when you talk about Hollywood and the movies that are set up, women's cheating has been romanticized. Yes, and ours is evil. <laughs> Fucking animals. That's really what's happened, though. All right. It was a cool movie. It was. But I was looking at this shit like, this is bullshit. Okay, but aside from that, uh, uh, Steve Carell. Yeah. Really good. In, in oh, it's, 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 he's great at improv, man. Do, do, could he have been a stand-up? Could, do you think he has, when you watch what he does, do you think that he could have been a stand-up? Because he's one of those guys that I think. If he wanted to, I think. Yeah. If he wanted to. He just has that delivery. But that some look. guys can, can be funny as fuck. With improv, on screen, and TV, and can't do stand-up, stand-up to save their lives. So it's a different animal, I, but he seems like he's got the chops. I really, I, that's one of those guys that uh, only gets better. Every time I see him, he gets better. I mean, he had some really crazy shit that he did at the beginning anyway. Right. But, so, uh, but that movie, that, I mean, that, was, that was acting too. I, mean, I he, love the line his son says in the movie, you're not a different person, you just wear different clothes. I love that line because I, I, I would always, on some of these daytime, back when I would, used to watch daytime talk shows, and they used to do these makeovers where they put ugly motherfuckers in fly clothes. I, I'm glad we put it into that horse shit. That, when his son said that line, listen, if you ugly and you atrocious in the face, I don't give a fuck what kind of clothes you put on. It does not change you. Now, okay, now here's where the... Because no matter what, what he wore, he still had that... Goofy persona. Yeah. But you don't think women see the dude different in real life? when Because di- you wear a different shirt? Because you look, you, you dress with nicer clothes. You, you, so there, there's women who will tell you the first thing that they look at is the dude's watch and his shoes. Well, you're looking at the watch to see if 
where she can get in a divorce well, based and, on the watch. Yeah, but you know, we, shoes are there's, there's cheap shoes, there's expensive shoes. I, I'm telling you that if if guys we we are bad because we walk in and if if she has things that we desire physically, if we're, you put Louise Guzman or John C. Riley in an expensive shirt, does it change the face? No, but it could make him cooler. Okay. Like he knows, like he has some, he has style. He has, what, what's that, panache. Okay. Some pizzazz. All right. <laughs> All right. Dude. I think if you a, if you a rich motherfucker and you ugly and some nice shit, you'll be accepted. But if you a broke motherfucker who's ugly and some regular shit and some nice shit, it don't make no difference. Yeah, but you don't look like you're, you're broke when you, when you do that. <laughs> Dude, when you brought up Louise Guzman, though, has anybody done more with an with an unflattering body? He he puts that shit out in every movie. He has that shirt right. with his chest and his stomach. And well, that's that Spanish shit, dude. But he the Spanish men, you know, they they just you know they unbutton eight five buttons from the neck down with a little belly meat hanging out, and, and he and, still and, that that's that's sexy to the yeah. Them, them Spanish niggas, they know how to ba la ba la They know they know how to sell that shit. <laughs> That Tito Puente shit. They know how to do that. Dude, I love I, that that dude is one of my favorite dudes. When he's in a movie, I'm always excited that he's in it. If you put Danny DeVito in a tailor made Armani suit, what changes? JC Penney's didn't get a sale that day. There you go. <laughs> dude, I want to talk about some shit real quick um that I put out where I'm I I was a little bit at war with my people, some of my people. Uh-uh. Um, it's always bad, good for me. This young rapper, Kodak Black, um, I found this clip on Instagram where this motherfucker is trying to say the word orange. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Um, and I'm going to play the clip. Um, but this motherfucker, like if, 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 if you didn't know that I, he was trying to say orange because I told you, there's no way you would know what the fuck he just said. Orange is a two-syllable word. He chopped it down to one. On. This nigga says on. Man, I like my car on. I like the money around my band on. I like my chicken on. And I sent out a post where I said, uh, I don't give a fuck where you from, how poor you were, or how you grew up. This is unacceptable. This type of ignorance is unacceptable. So let me play this clip right quick. Hey man, I want everything on, you know what I'm saying? I like motherfucking soda on. That's the only soda I drink, by the way. I want my bitches on. I want my motherfucking chicken on. I want this, my clothes on, my shoes on. Motherfucking bitch, I even want the motherfucking rubber band around my money on, I said, brr. I like my shoes on. No, not on. <laughs> oh. And, and here's what... Here's what some of my people said. Yo, man, it's where he from, yo. That's that Florida shit. It's way from. Why are you fucking with him just because he has an accent? And uh, some some dude said to me, who was really pissed. He said, uh, "You know, you New York motherfuckers, 
think y'all so much better and smarter than everybody else. Uh, y'all speak with an accent too when y'all say shit like son, fam, uh, dead ass. Y'all some goofy ass niggas. I said, first of all, you stupid motherfucker, understand the difference between slang and an accent. What you just said is slang. It's not an accent. First of all, I can excuse an accent. We all have accents. Bostonians have theirs. East Coast niggas have theirs. Down South niggas have theirs. I can excuse an accent. On is not an accent. It's a two-syllable word that you've reduced to one. Why are we promoting stupidity? Is that where we're at? We are promoting stupidity. If you sell me on saying, pronouncing orange on, tell me where that's right. Tell me where that is factual. Anything less, you are supporting stupidity. And let me break this down. Let me tell you the difference. When New Yorkers go, yo, what up, fam? Yo, what up, kid? Yo, chilling, God. Yo, what up, yo? How's mom Dukes? Yo, dead ass, son. That's slang. Here's an East Coast accent. Andy, what's this word? R-E-C-O-R-D. O-R-D. Record? Yeah. yeah. Record. Or what you listen to. Yeah, record. Record. Oh, I thought you said Okay. Okay, record. Yeah. We, we go record. Record. Okay. Yo, son, yo, that, yo, you get that record? That's an accent. When we say coffee, some New Yorkers go hard on the coffee. Yeah. That scene in, in, in Die Hard with a Vengeance with Bruce Willis, when him and uh, Sam Jackson defused the bomb in the park, and then they see the two kids on the bikes running out of the convenience store. They just stole some shit. And Bruce Willis stops them, and he goes, what are you doing? You want to go to jail over a bag of chips? And the, kids, the kid goes, look around. All the cops are into something. You can still city who? That's New York. Who? That's an accent. Anything else? God, fam, mom, dukes, dead ass. That's slang. Learn the difference, cocksucker. Bostonians. When Bostonians go, ka, pock, patty. That's an accent. Wicked son. Slang. Where's Tommy's downstairs working in his car? He's going to go over to the bar for the patty. It's going to be fucking wicked kid. Wicked kid is slang. People from Baltimore, they don't go Maryland. They go, Merlin. So it's like, you know, niggas kill me. Well, like, again, if anybody want to hit me up on Instagram, before you really try to match wits with me, learn what the fuck you talking about. Okay. The, the, talking about. Talking about. That's accent. The way he says orange. Oh. It sounds, it sounds Cajun. I, no, no, I, I know, but that's an accent everybody's made fun of forever. They're devolving to Cajun. I tell you what, if you can pull up an actual Cajun accent or some dialogue where the word, I hear the word orange is pronounced on, I'll apologize. <laughs> but I'll apologize. But I'm saying that's an accent that we've all, that historically it's been that made fun of. That nigga pronounces orange the way you say the white dude who does comedy, Gary Owen. <laughs> That's ridiculous, yo. I like my soda on. I like my shoe on. 
if my daughter ever brought a nigga like that home, out of here. Out of here. The fuck out of here, yo. I, I like gapes. <laughs> Anna's. Yo, let me get some fruit. Let me get some Anna's. Some apes. Oh. Some Anna. I think the that white dude who took the can to the face probably said orange that way. No, he... <laughs> <laughs> And listen, there were a lot of black people who knew exactly where I was coming from. But there was also a lot of black people who just was like defending it and felt like I was being harsh. I just don't understand how, again, an accent. If you, if you, and I've heard certain people from certain regions of the country say certain things in their native accent, but I could still make out what it was. I, I, it still had the proper amount of syllables. Now, when you change syllables, and you can't make out what it is? Come on, man. Nah, that's stupidity. There, there. This is not anything to do with racial mm-hmm. at all. This is just, I believe the direction that we're moving in is... is, is a, we'd like things that are fun, silliness, mm-hmm. but being taken seriously... Is something that's not in style anymore. To to speak. You talking about uh, with the youth? Yes. Okay. To speak correctly, to understand reason, logic, and work things out. Critical thinking. Uh, that was the word that uh, Carlin used in our last episode. Critical thinking. Right. Those things aren't necessary. I had someone when I was talking about um, getting things right, whatever. Someone hit me up, and they, they wrote a nice letter, and it wasn't, it wasn't to be combative or anything, but then they said, you know, sometimes when you, they, like, you got to think that a reporter might not have the time to tell all the facts. That's not critical thinking. If you don't have time to tell all the facts, then you gotta, you got to figure out how to tell the story where you get all the facts in there. I think that we, we're moving to a place where it's just about we have so much information that's accessible to us that we don't feel like we have to have that information anymore. We don't have to speak correctly. We don't have to do the things that we used to do in the past that we thought were um, proper because we're, we're, we're going into a different mode now. I wish I could pull up that great quote by Denzel about the news. He had such a great quote about something. I'll butcher it. Something about the rush to be informed oh, yeah. versus... The, ah, I wish I did. It was such a great fucking quote. The, basically, it was the rush to get the credit for putting being the first to get it out there. Instead of getting it correct. correct. Right. So that that is... But <clears throat> I think that's the direction. When you, when you talk about intelligence, I think that there's a new direction where these things aren't as important because we have all the information to us. I, the speaking correctly, I, I think that's everybody trying to come up with their own... Well, here's the other thing, and this is where it's pertinent to black people. With great power comes great responsibility. When you're Kodak Black or any of these young influent, young would-be rappers, you got kids that look up to you. You got kids that are going to follow your lead. And it'd be one thing if the stigmatism didn't exist. It's about, stigma since the ridiculous. Oh, is it stigma? Yeah. It's not stigmatism? That's in your eye. Well, see, thank you. Yeah, see, well, yeah. now I fucked up. I'm glad you corrected me. Now I'll never say stigmatism again. Stigma. See, great power, great responsibility. Um, the stigma already exists that, you know, 
black kids are uneducated and, you know, uh, we're seen in a negative light in that way to begin with. So why perpetuate that by saying on when you can say it the right way? Like, like, like come on, man. I, again, I, I know that part of youth is, you know, trying to find identity and trying to be cool. But you can still be that and not be ignorant. That's why I often go, again, when people sit there and go, you know, you look at these, these young rappers like Lil Pump and Lil This and Lil That and how garbage they are lyrically. And you go and, and people pawn that off with the excuse, well, they're young. I always say Nas was 19 when he wrote Illmatic. Same age as these niggas who you're giving passes to for weak lyrics. Well, they're young. Nas was 19. And Illmatic is one of the greatest rap records ever by one of the greatest rappers ever. So don't give me that excuse. You know, since you went to rap. You can be brilliant and be young, too. But, you okay, so he, he's a rapper, right? So you don't think that some of these words, when you're rapping, you might change a word so that it fits into the flow. Yeah, but you still it still fits within the context. Okay. It still makes sense. It's still understandable. Well, but he do you think it's possible that he's taking his... His, his, lyrically, his rap style, and then he takes that into and then adds that to his regular conversation. Well, then nigga, put a beat behind it. <laughs> when you talk, put a beat behind you. Maybe he hears it in his head all the time. No, we need he... to hear it. That way I, I can justify that bullshit. <laughs> I, I'm just asking questions. I don't know. I, I've, seen, I, I've seen younger people, younger and younger people, Changing every it, 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 there's a different mentality right I now. I hope to God we don't create a generation of young people that think it's okay to say "oh." If everybody understood what it was, would would there be? We just have a nation of idiots. Would we change the spelling? I hope to God not. I, I rather leave the statue of Robert E. Lee up and say "orange" right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh. On, nigga. What? Hey, man, turn the TV on. What you want me to turn the TV on or you want a piece of fruit? <laughs> That's the same meaning. It's ridiculous. I'm trying to think about the, the You know, the Hispanic God, community boy, has a ton of those. Is a motherfucker, boy. She really turned me on. Oh, God. We, we cut, the Mexican community cuts the light. Cut the light. Let's turn off the light. Cut the light. Okay. Now turn it off. Now turn it off? Don't, don't turn it. Cut it. Cut the light. I'm telling you, cut on. Did <laughs> you come out with those slices of orange? This is fucking ridiculous. Um, Want to talk about something sexy? Go ahead. Dude, you've been killing me all weekend with this. Man, that fucking BG's documentary. Folks. I don't know if you're into documentaries or not, but please, if you love music, if you love, it's like when you send out a post and you hashtag all things related, hashtag documentaries, hashtag music, hashtag the 70s, hashtag disco, the Bee Gees documentary, fucking beautiful. And I listen, I like the Bee Gees, well, I like the one song, Stand and Laugh. Um, but after this documentary, I downloaded four songs from the Bee Gees. 
let me tell you something, man. I've I've said this on the pat on the podcast before, so I'm sorry. I'm 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 you know going over the same waters, but I, I, it, it, I, however death works, if if because I I'm almost starting to believe maybe shit is just recycled. Because I've said I've gone to places on YouTube and seen these eerie videos of people of today who look like people from the past. So maybe when you die, you just come back in a new era. And that's why you might look like somebody from the past in your past life. But I hope to God, man, I, 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 there's a sweet spot. Like, I want to be 25 years old. I want to live the whole 70s in my 20s and damn near somewhere in between 25 and 30. I, I, I think I tried, to do, I tried to do math on this. I'd have to be born in 19, I think it was 58. Because 58 to 68, that would make me 10 years old. Okay, how do I get to 25 years old from 71 on? Well, when 20, would I have to be born? 70 would be, what, 20 off that? 50, 45, The 46, chew, 19, ladies 46, and gentlemen. 1946. Ah, they're good with numbers, aren't they? Anytime you need to crunch some numbers, just grab a kike. Yeah, but you don't want to be born at that time. You want to be born just a little bit later. You want to be after, right after World War II. Ah, what World War II. I want to be born in an era where niggas just escaped the pain. Well, then you got to go 60s. Ah, say, as long as I'm born after the rope jewelry. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think uh, if, you, if you're looking for that time, like 48 Fifty. Somewhere, whatever gets me to be. Well, wait. Well, fifty. You're seventy-five. You, you, you'd be, you'd be nineteen seventy-five. You're born in nineteen fifty. So you would be twenty-five years old. In nineteen seventy. If in nineteen seventy-five, you'd be twenty-five years old. So if you want to go five years, you'd have to be. Uh, what did I just say? At, 70, I, nineteen nineteen seventy. I want to be twenty-five. Yep. Okay, forty-five. Then you have to be born. But that's during the war, man. You don't want to be. be I, I guess I, you're, I, I, you're, you're, you're not experiencing it. No, no. And my main thing is, I, I, I just that era where you just in your prime and your body is movie starish to be in the seventies. Because the only way you pull off them tight white pants that them niggas wore is you got to be in pristine fucking shape. Because um, them pants showed dick bulges and uh, money. So, yeah. The 70s, man, what a fucking time. The Bee Gees, dude, they, that song they got, How Deep Is Your Love, that part in the, in the documentary where dude was saying, you know, that song was his heart. It was his baby. And you could see him welling yeah. up a little bit. <sighs> Bitch moment for me. I was laying in bed, and when they started playing that song, that the summer breeze, da, 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 how deep is your love, how the love is your love. I started, yo, welling up, nigga. <laughs> like, I was just picturing myself, nigga, on a beach with some all white, with, a, with, the, with the bitch of your dreams. And I could feel that summer heat he was talking about. And that, man, that shit, sexy as a motherfucker. Dude, the, the, the best part, you know, the, and, and I'm slightly off topic here, for the Bee Gees, if you're the Bee Gees, mm -hmm. You got to do this before social media. So you're at the height. You're, the, you're like the, the larger than life dude. And no one's recording you. No one's audio recording, video recording you. Right. You're just out there. They can't get a hold of you right. unless, unless you want to be on the whole right. You could do whatever you want. Oh. And no one, you didn't have to worry about anything. 
Oh, dude, I'm I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. And I've been I've been when Andy goes, yo, you've been bugging me with this song, nigga. I'm telling you, the Bee Gees was the shit. Come on, man. All weekend I've been listening to to the Bee Gees. I feel like Casey Kasem, and this one up next is the Bee Gees. Come on, man. Tell me you're not picturing laying on the beach. It's hard for me to picture that because did you did you never saw Saturday Night Live? Saturday Night Fever. I did finally Saturday see it. You did? Yeah. Um, but just picture on the beach and you got on the fucking white, was it satin? Whatever it is, that loose material. And that air just shoot up from your ankle through your nuts. <laughs> and you got your shirt with your shit open. And you got the girl standing over you, back of you, rubbing your chest and shit. With some fresh orange juice, uh, <laughs> and you just feel that breeze, nigga. It just oh god, uh, yeah. But I still picture everything from the uh, Saturday Night Fever because I saw the movie, so I know right. all, you know all the stuff is in the movie. I see, I I, I see it differently because I was uh, I was old enough. I I like girls, and and the movie hits, and this music is on, right. And uh, John Travolta's playing the lead character, who was like the biggest dude at the time. Right. Uh, I mean, everything about my life changed at that moment because I was like, "How do you get cool? Like, how do you get sexy?" Right. And I didn't even that really movie under- showed you. Yeah, but I really didn't even understand. No, you know why? It didn't show me because you saw the movie, right? Right. I'm the I'm the dude who doesn't get in the fight and, and falls off the bridge. That's why That's hilarious. I had the big Jufro. I had <laughs> I had shoes with the with the three inch heel on it. Right. I had all that I shit. I would give anything to see those pictures. Uh, I'll, I'll show you some. Uh, you know what? If we can post it, uh, I'll, I'm going to send one to uh, to Anthony so you mm-hmm. can post it on our social media. That would be I'm gonna fucking send you, hilarious. I'm going to send you a few. Uh, I'll send him a couple of them. Um, and you know, that one album alone, the soundtrack from Saturday Night Fever from um, uh, Staying Alive, uh, How Deep Is Your Love, um, More Than a Woman, uh, breathe the night fever. You don't have to do it. And night okay, fever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, night, night fever. fever. Yo, that album, which of course enhanced the movie's success, but they banged out at least five hits off that soundtrack. Not to mention their own shit. Yeah, they weren't even trying to do the soundtrack at the time when they got that call to get. They gave up some of their songs. To right. But there's other hit songs on that uh, on that album because mm-hmm. it was an album. Yeah. Uh, the, a record. A record. That. Uh, uh, that it were hit songs also. I mean, it was just that, it, 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 that all came along at the right time and the Bee Gees were there for it. But again, as a white dude, when, I'm, when we're talking about this, and, and, I, and I have to throw this in, isn't it irritating that there was all these black artists that were, that, that were doing disco music and then the face of disco overnight becomes the Bee Gees? Well, before we even get to that, um, you know, one thing that they said 
that became the sound of disco was something that they had never heard before, which was that falsetto yeah. from Barry Gibb. But to what you just said, to the contrary, there was the stylistics. Um, and every and almost anything that white artists have been given credit for was already done by us. Um, and listen, they obviously, you know, they have, they have historically, musically, there have been a lot of great white artists. Um, and I love a ton of them. But the contribution that black people have made musically and have not gotten their residuals has been catastrophic. Okay, but we got to be honest about this when we say this. So even Motown Records, which had a, which was owned by a black man. Yes, Barry Gordy. They didn't get all the residuals from that either. So it wasn't uh, just, it wasn't just a white <laughs> thing. This is the music business that we're talking okay, about. Okay, cute, cute. I, I'm not trying to be we, cute. I'm trying to be... Uh, I'm just saying, uh, yeah. I know what you mean, and you're right. But predominantly, yes, I'm a, we don't run the music game no. the way they've run the music game. No, no. Now, the P. Diddy's of the world, and niggas just started getting their masters, being able to own yeah. their masters yeah. or, or strategically trying to get their masters. Nas had this great story where he said uh, uh, he met Prince, and he wanted to work with Prince, and said, Prince, I want to do something with you. Prince said, not until you own your masters. And it was a teaching moment for Nas. Um and Prince was always one to own his masters. Um, but back to back to that, whether it was Ray Charles, who I know we played that clip before on the podcast, we were going, we was going, yeah, I know, Elvis Presley, the hip shaking and all of that. And I'm not impressed. We've been doing that. You know, like I said, I, I forget the name of the black female artist, but you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Oh, that's was originally uh, by a black woman. Yeah. Um Sorry, man. I, and I know, I, I know who it is. Yeah. I have that on my uh, mm-hmm. on music. Yeah. So, again, and, and the Bee Gees will tell you. The Bee Gees said it in the documentary. The Rolling Stones have admitted it. Black music has always been at the staple. But matter of fact, the Bee Gees really didn't start taking off until they started doing soul music. Right. So... Yeah, and and Otis Redding was one of the first people that they said he saw that they were influenced by and wanted to work with until he tragically died in a plane crash. But nonetheless, black influence, like, come on, man. A lot, that's why, again, with the Beatles, with all of these groups that come over from London, England, you know, they see we see black music, you know, Sam Cooke, uh, the Stylistics, James Brown, Jimmy Brown, or Aretha Franklin. Uh, and it's, we're heavily influenced by it because it's just... It's great music, soul music. It has a story. Well, the Stones talk about that their music was just R and B music, just re either either they were re recording already right. previously released music, or they were putting out something that was kind of a regurgitated uh, music that they have that they just kind of changed. Now, I mean, eventually they came up with their style that's theirs, I guess. Right. But but they always seem to start out. Yes. Uh, well, that's what rock music is. I mean, but we got to go. You got to go deeper because where all that really comes from is gospel. Hello. So, without that, and without the blasphemy of taking gospel music, I, I just you know, 
like at least if you're not gonna give motherfuckers any residuals. I mean, I know y'all give the credit, but just if you're gonna blatantly steal, just have the right attitude with it. Oh, we want to thank all you niggas for all the things that you've done. You know, you gave us our start, you gave us the blueprint, or because of you, uh, we've reaped the rewards. We've gotten all the money, all the masters. We've got the houses, the cars, the women, and you've got nothing. Um, so we want to thank you all, Sam Cook. Uh, uh, who's a bloody black bitch? Uh, a Franklin, Jimmy Brown, <laughs> um, all you niggas. We want to thank all you niggas. Because uh, the other day I was thinking, I was putting on me niggas as I was thinking about your niggas. Um, yeah, man. So it's just good to get that credit, man. But, but, and, and you know what? The Bee Gees, they felt like they had that. They're just some white artists who, when they lock into our shit, they know how to make us move. And, and that's why I noticed on any of these musical things where they talk about black music, who's the one current artist today they always show? Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber's. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. But Justin. But Timberlake he, has that. He has that. He has that. I'm taking from you niggas. I can make but you he's niggas admi- move. But he admits that he's not the people like that either. He says that he that's that's Michael Jackson. Right. Right. Um. And dude, I'm I'm just sitting here like uh what was amazing about the thing about this thing is that they were together like it again, longevity. Anytime you 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 go decades, them motherfuckers was relevant from 60s, 70s, and the thing we talked about that blew my mind is when disco caught the backlash basically by the 1980s, by 80, they fell off. Not because they weren't talented but because the backlash of disco yeah th- just the name bgs was done yeah i just don't understand how you can sell out dodger stadium and arenas and then just go ice cold and the world turns on you you know they they their only rise back to fame came through writing yeah writing for great artists but nonetheless 60s 70s writing all throughout the 80s inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame like them motherfuckers yo they soldiers man they were soldiers, yo. But and it's the family aspect of it. When you're when you do when you're in a group that long, that's one thing. It's a family. Now you're dealing with your own family and the group. That's a lot to have to deal with. And you know what? They found out um, rather harshly and quickly when they tried to split up. And this is how how serious because they said in a documentary when you go from obscurity and not being famous to all of a sudden famous, especially when you're young. You don't know how to handle it. And when you get all that fame and all that money and all that attention, egos start to grow. So they all felt like they could be on their own, and none of them were as successful on their own as they were as a unit. Except for Andy, and he was never part of the Right, Andy. And what a hot piece of melted buttery ass that <laughs> nigga was. Dude, that's the dude. Like, again, I'm at that age, and Andy Gibb comes out. And I already, Bee Gees, I knew the Bee Gees. And Andy Gibb comes out, and his name, first of all, is right. Andy. So I'm relating to him as an Andy. Right. Even though I have no nothing on me looks like Andy. <laughs> the dude had a jaw. He has oh, this shit. fucking great hair. And I'm like, I'm not gay, nigga, by any stretch. But I'm looking at this motherfucker like, nigga, put this nigga on a plate and let him melt. Dude, I think as a dude, when you look at a guy, 
and you see that that look, you know, you're not thinking, oh, I think this dude is so beautiful. You're thinking that dude is so good looking. He gets X amount. Oh, dude, of points. that's the only way we see it. When I watched that and they showed him, I said, first of all, him and his brother Barry. <laughs> I said, them two niggas. How much pussy are they spotting away? Now, Simon and Maurice? Robin. 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 Yeah. What the fuck happened? Dude, and Robin is the other singer. How You know, you, you have to go, that nigga's teeth, nigga. He looks a lot like Barry, but he's just fucked up in all oh, his features. He, it's, it's Eddie Murphy versus Charlie Murphy, nigga. <laughs> like, that nigga looked like he could open beer bottles with his teeth, if nigga. If Charlie Murphy <laughs> was alive right now, he would smack you for saying oh, I that. Wouldn't say, I wouldn't even say it if he was alive. <laughs> what you mean when you say this shit like that? I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even said it. Um... But yeah, dude, like what the fuck happened in the gene pool? Dude, they're twins. The genes obviously were a little thin and they had to pass them out to both. But something of them. happened because Barry and Andy turned out right. Because they were in they were singles. Uh, Maurice and Robin were uh, twins. Wow. There wasn't enough good DNA to make two of them. They could only Anytime make Anytime you see them British motherfuckers with teeth like that, and the Brits are quite known for, having bad, for teeth. bad teeth. You always just picture them. There's that, you know, there's an English accent, which is a lot, a lot more clearer. And then there's that other one of a dude who's got the fat beer belly, the circle glasses, hanging on to three strands of hair. And he's, when he talks, he's been in a band, he's done a million drugs. You can barely understand shit. Oh, you know, he come over with a record. My record boys have a fight. No, I told me, Mike. So I said, he's going down there. So you think we go forward and it's going to be a little bit. He's going to be able to make a he just looks like he talks like hey, come in the record. You record the record. Ugh. Woo. That motherfucker there. Um. But that's tough, though. Your brother is the other lead singer, and he. Dude, it's it, it, perfection is never. It, nothing's perfect. That's like I said with, with the with the with the Wahlbergs. You know, Mark is the dude. Donnie was the dude at one point. But Donnie was never the good-looking dude. He was just the dude. Well, Donnie was decent uh, when he was New Kids on the Block, Donnie. But then there's the other one, which we talked about on the Rocky episode. That nigga. Quasimodo in this motherfucker. Dude, <sighs> and I don't even think the dude's that ugly. It's just that your brother, your brother's a Calvin Klein model. You know what I mean? Can you feel it, baby? <laughs> um... Dude, going back to the disco shit, and the guy responsible who was leading the charge for the destruction of disco, this motherfucker, the one who banged the record, broke it on his head. The DJ. From, the DJ. Yeah. Why would you, as a dude, not like disco? Because the only reason you would hate disco, first of all, we're talking about a music that makes women want to be sexy. Dress sexy at that time when you went out to a club to disco. It was a fashion statement. Women are wearing, looking good. The music makes them move their body. As a dude, if you have the ability to get pussy or the desire to have some, what better music and atmosphere is there than a disco club? Women in dresses, tits, and back when tits were real and they were basically just nipples with a little bit of meat. Uh, and the women were gorgeous and high heels and moving their body, and you could grind on them. Why the fuck would you hate on disco? Where where, where was the city that they they did the the record explosion? 
They New York. It was New York? Yeah. Which, oh, no, Chicago. Was it Chicago? Kamensky Park. Okay. So, okay, let's break this down just a little bit, though. So it's also, at that time, disco was considered more, uh, it, was, it was black and it was gay. Those were yes. two. Those, and you're in Chicago. Well, anywhere in the world at that time, yeah, in, in America at but, that time. But in Chicago, it was very, uh, it's, it's very dude, anti-gay. I don't, oh, man. Oh, the quarterback is toast. Go ahead. I think it's rye toast. Um, it's it's a dude. It's a tough guy city, right? I think there, I think there was a lot of racism and bigotry in it, and you're and the guy was on a rock station. He was a rocker. He wanted that. That's that comes with that at that time, especially at that time, a very male, masculine kind of idea. Yeah, but from looking at him, and, the vibe from him. You know he couldn't get no pussy. You know he couldn't dance. You know he didn't want to dance. But he was just the insider of it. I mean, he didn't bring out the records. This is talking about everybody. But do you think that if he could pull a bad bitch and he could look good in disco clothes, he had a gut, he had a double chin, if if his body could pull off those clothes, he could go to the bar, have some drinks, get some action, dance with a bad bitch, he, you think he would hate that? So what you're thinking, the way that you're you're putting it to me is that every like mass murderer is just one piece of pussy away from. from if he would have got that one piece of ass, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're Absolutely. in. Absolutely, pussy is the tranquilizer dart to everything evil. So at some you, at any point in your life, be mad, feel destructive. Feel like you you want to be do some shit. Get a phone call. I want to come suck your dick. <sighs> so, ladies, have you heard this? If you see a guy that looks like on the he's on the edge, shoot that nigga with some pussy darts <laughs> right on the face, on the lips. <laughs> Niggas, calm right down. Ladies, save some lives, please. <laughs> Next time you see a motherfucker in the middle of June in a mall with a trench coat and what looks like a Tommy gun under that motherfucker goes, excuse me, sir. He goes, what? (laughs) He calm the fuck down. Sir, you all right? He'll stop breathing heavy. (sighs) Fucking bitch. Fucking horror. supposed to blow me. Pussy darts, nigga. Wake up 15 minutes later. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me, let me, let me. I got to play this other BG's joint. Um, and I've been, every time before the show, I play this and I start getting dressed. I'm on my way to getting ready for work. Nigga, I got the towel around my waist. I'm naked and I'm grooving as I'm putting on lotion. Nigga, this is, oh. Dude. funny about this the beginning of this to me sounds like lifestyles of the rich and famous yeah it kind of does that show with Robert Leach yeah. watch welcome to the lifestyles of the rich and famous
could dance, nigga, and get some bitches. What? She got some champagne, some whatever, Alize. She in her skirt with her thigh showing, tits and nipples. You got your dick and balls pants on. Oh, she got the flower in her hair. And you grind? What? And as soon as that fat motherfucker who wants to destroy disco comes in, looking like, shut the music off. That's ladies when you... Calm that nigga right down. Dude, I think when you do your next special... Mm-hmm. Should be you should reenact the uh, Saturday Night uh, Fever where he where uh, John Travolta is getting ready to go out that night. Right. And he's doing a little damn brushing his yeah. hair. You should just you should do that whole get ready. Yeah, get the white suit on and then go walking out the door. But then you know you arrive back in your in your jeans and your t shirt. Or I walk right out the door and as soon as I open the door, I don't even see it. It just hits me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Pussy dart, and I go right back in the room and fuck. Uh, God, man, again, I just would love to be a part of that era. I would love to come back and just live my life in that era because it just seems so fucking cool, man. Pre herpes, pre AIDS, pre a lot of things, right? Yeah. Well, the only the only thing that was popular, um, or was that more in the eighties? Coke. Oh no, but Coke was it's late seventies. Okay, but and, and any disease, but it just seemed like you didn't die as badly. Yeah, well, any disease that you could get sexual disease, they had a shot for it. it okay, was, it wasn't you know eighties is when that everybody had to start bagging up. Right. See, that's that's a new normal. What if you would have lived in that time? If you were in the seventies, you could fuck. You got you got a whatever. You just go get a shot, mm-hmm. and now you. You just put a little bag over your dick and and you fuck. That's considered normal now. See, there is no new normal. Yeah, but uh, some niggas don't follow them rules. <laughs> Me? <laughs> fuck that. So, um, suffocate your dude. Dude, I didn't know uh, until they mentioned it in the, in the documentary that there was a law in the 70s in New York that said gay people weren't allowed to dance with each other in a place where they serve liquor. Yeah. That's insane. So what's the thinking? That if they dance and then liquor is served, liquor mixed with gay dancing leads to dick sucking in the club? Possibly. Well, I think they might even thought if you were uh, if you were on the edge, if you were kids <laughs> and you went and had a few drinks and you saw some and you saw Andy Gibb dancing on the dance floor, you might go, "Yeah, well, I'll give it a shot." Ugh. God, see, this is what I'm saying. Like when we talked about on the last podcast, America being the greatest country in the world. Yeah, but like that's so fucked up. Okay, but listen, I, I, it is fucked up. But look at, but you got it. This is what I'm talking about too. No gay marriage. You're not allowed to dance in a place where they serve liquor. No health care. You fuck over the citizens with stimulus checks to the bullshit. Like Jesus. But we've we've talked about this not on the podcast, but me and you have talked about this recently. That history is viewed from the lens of today, not from the lens of that day or, or of the history from back then. 
you know, when when they were saying no liquor in gay clubs, gay club, gay uh, being gay at that time was still considered a mental illness. So they didn't want. I, 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 I'm not agreeing with what I'm right. saying. I'm just saying that that time you might have you might have been able you could get that law passed because you could well these aren't these are people with mental illness now we're having alcohol now they're drinking together this is we're we're we're, we're contributing to this illness that's how they were looking at it as the illness so when you break it down that way yeah it's still not right but you're breaking it down in a way that you go this were just evil people or were they did they were they trying to have some idea that this was correct we we've done we've passed laws to continue evil activity. I'm not trying to give a pass on that as what it is. I'm just saying when you when you look at history, you got to look at it from the lens of that day and how they were trying to how they how they sold that. So I wouldn't say America was evil. The people, the politicians, the people who were running, the police, they were they didn't want that. Whether they whether they believed that it was wrong or not, I'm that's not I'm not judging that because I'm looking at it from the history from the from the view of that time period looking back now hopefully as we get older and more intelligent we look back at things and go that was just wrong right but it's a different lens that we're looking at it from Mm. jesus that's fucked up okay it doesn't change whether it was right or wrong because I know I'm, I, I can feel letters being typed right now i'm not saying it changes whether it was right or wrong but you got to at least Look at it from the lens of that day, and then you you know why people why people might have done what they did, not agreeing with it, right? Just saying that's what they why they did it, right? Mm. Um, I think I, I don't know if I have anything else. Uh, yeah, no. So so listen, people, uh, go 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 see the damn documentary it's a really good documentary the last thing that felt a little a little nostalgic to me was when they did that big concert at dodger stadium and they interviewed the two girls and they were like we've been here since eight o'clock this morning in the rain it's well worth it the bitch had a frisbee in her hand a frisbee nigga. when i was a kid we played with frisbees when's the last time you saw a frisbee being thrown somewhere someone throwing at their dog because it reminded me of the times when I was a kid and we would go to Central Park to throw the Frisbee. Right. Like, Jesus, dude, a fucking Frisbee. Maybe, have you tried playing froth? What the fuck is froth? It's like golf, but you use a Frisbee. Yeah, no, I don't even know. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. Yeah, that's what it is. Man, when was the last time you caught a Frisbee? <laughs> I think I had a Frisbee at my house because my son, when my kids and I went to the beach, we took a Frisbee. The last time I remember playing with a Frisbee, I also wore denim shorts. And not denim shorts that were made, like they came as shorts. Cutoffs. You cutoffs with yeah. the shit hanging. Not loose. jorts, cutoffs. Cutoffs. Yeah. The 80s, nigga. Remember, and you would wear those shorts with tube socks with the rings around them. Yeah, yeah. The colored socks. Rings. Yeah, I still like those. They don't I wish they had them. Did, oh, did you wear uh OP shorts? OP? They, they were a surf short, but they were like corduroy well, short short you said surf nigga. I'm just asking. Nah. That was yeah. like the popular Not for black nigga surf. Niggas didn't know Yeah, no. I lived in Arizona. We weren't surfing. Well, we were desert surfing, surfing on cactus. Oh no, but I'm, you know. The one black dude that went to my school, he had a pair of OPs. The one black dude, the one black dude, he was kidnapped by you motherfuckers <laughs> and forced into a life he know not to return. 
Okay. Um, I think that's it, brother. That's it. That's more than a woman. Yeah. More than a woman to me. And if you're in the Virginia Beach area, check us out at Funny Bone. This weekend. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? Is your love? Is your love? And hopefully by that time, Aries will have seen another documentary. More than a woman. More than a woman to me. Because I like the Bee Gees, but I went through this in, in the 80s, 70s, 80s. Into night fever. You don't have to do it. Oh, yeah. And up in the night fever. You don't have to do it. Oh, yeah. Shit. Uh, oh, shit. Musical guests uh, or the next thing. Uh, let's see who we have here. Um, who do we have here? Hmm. Which one of these motherfuckers is I going to pick to put on? Who you going to put on? I don't know. Somebody, I got to put somebody on. No one copied it to him, to Kodak? To who? Kodak. No one copied him? All the niggas that he hang with sound like him. Who going to copy? Who going to correct Maybe him? they didn't understand you. Maybe they didn't know what you were talking about. Maybe they didn't understand. Ooh. Your, me? Yeah, your English. More English is quite good, Andy. E.G. Patterson. E.G. Comedy Jam. Uh... You can all his socials is at EJ underscore M A. Oh shit! Wait a minute. I don't even think this motherfucker sent me something. He sent me all this. Sh- oh no, he did. My I'm fucking ten dollar a lot of me. Uh, at EJ underscore M A R Y L A N D. That's his Instagram. His Facebook is at EJ Patterson P A T T E R S O N on Facebook. YouTube channel under EJ Patterson. All my stand-up is there. Thanks, man. So get ready to enjoy some comedy from EJ Patterson. See you, boys and girls, next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We're going to go record the record. I'm feeling kind of pissed off. I think I'm going to go fuck some shit up. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? All right. That's what I'm talking about. That, that, say something. How y'all doing? All right. Yeah. Yeah. My, my big block, man. Make some noise, big blocks. <laughs> Don't let me point your big ass out. Big blocks. Make some noise. <laughs> I love fucking with big blocks, man. The bad part is, we let a big block ride. You ever been rolled by big blocks, man? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Child support in the house. Hey. I'm the only one on child support in this motherfucker. Once upon a time. 
What's up, Charles? That's me. That's me. My baby mom put me on child support a week after my daughter was born. Knew I wasn't shit from the get go. And I asked her, I said, uh, you ever had another man? Your daughter called another man daddy? That shit hurt me to my heart, man. Hurt me to my heart. But we went to the courtroom together and I said, well, since he's daddy and I'm daddy, we can split this child support 50-50. Yeah, boy, say what? I feel about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But man, it's hot than a motherfucker up there. We in the basement. <laughs> Can you feel it, baby?